In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Welcome back to the True Life Podcast. I hope your day is going beautiful. I hope you're in love. I hope that the world is treating you the way in which the world sees fit, which means you should be a good person. You should try harder. You should seek to see the beauty in others. Today, we have Story Day. Story Day today, ladies and gentlemen. Who's ready for a good story? I know that I am. Let me tell you a story from the last hundred years. Let me tell you a story about the way we interpret the world around us. Allow me to share with you a story that changes every 16, 17, 18 years. Somewhere around there. Let me see what you think. Picture, if you will, the 1900s. From 1900 to 1916. Picture a world where the United States has just become somewhat of an industrial powerhouse. Picture the world of your great-grandfathers. A world where train cars and horses, ideas of automobiles. Now picture with it the information that the people in that time received. It wasn't like it was today where you could turn on a YouTube channel. You could get on Twitter or TikTok and see little girls dancing, pundits punditing, or the average day person having the ability to do their own show. It was a world where information flowed down from those at the top. The message was the message. The message was that which wanted. The message was that the words that you were given, the vision that you were given, and the ideas handed down 
were the ideas passed down from the very top, at least in the ideas of the government. It was undifferentiated. Moving forward from 1916, 1932, we began to see what I call life stages. Accommodations were made for age. We began to see the New Deal, the older generation, was going to be taken care of by the labor of the younger generation. The idea of a harmonious cycle, you get up, you go to work, you sacrifice, you put into the system so that one day you can get something back from it. 1932 to 1948, we began to see gender, male, female, within traditional roles. The idea that a man would get up, go to work, sacrifice, take care of his family in his way, and that a woman would take care of the house, take care of the chores, take care of the kids, arguably a more difficult job. But there were traditional roles set aside for a family. 1948 to 1964, multicultural differences. Black, Asian, Latino were referenced. We began to see the understanding, or at least the beginning thereof, that all men are created equal. We began to see ourselves differently. Even though there was an incredible amount of strife and rebellion, it was the beginning of the understanding that all of us deserve to have a life worth living. 1964 to 1980. Lifestyle differences by attitudes. Here we began to see a lot of gay men coming out of the closet. Get to see the emergence of different lifestyles that were non-traditional. 1980 to 1996, the big data segmentation. The idea that complex profiles are possible. 1996 to 2012. Here we see the explosion of the economic model, the 2002 dot-com crisis, the financial crisis, the papering over of our economic system as if there was no crisis, 2012 to present. We see the breakdown of governments across the world. Now I realize that all my I realize that these dates that I've given you and the ideas behind them are but a pittance of what's truly happened throughout the time. However, they are some highlights. And the reason I bring all of these up is that I think if you can look at these particular dates every 16 years over the last 120 years you can see how far we've come. 
you can see a model of evolution. Not only of the world, not only of our financial system, not only of our governments, not only of the individual, but of the planet. All of these things go together. It's the evolution of complexity. It is the evolution of a complex system radically changing all its parts in real time. Think about a clock. For those of you who have a bit of destructive patterns in them, who are curious, I'm sure, like me, you've taken a watch and slashed it against the ground. A smack! And it breaks open. And you see these gears and these wheels and you go wow look at these things this part moves that part turns that dial look at this little spring in here we are those wheels and springs and all of us have our individual part to play no one part is truly more important than the other part. It may seem like that from the outside, but if you ask the individual, scratch that, if you ask the creator, if you were looking at the human planetary relationship, I think that you would see the human component as a gear in the mechanism that is the environment. I want, you to, I want to focus on that for a minute. What does that mean? The human component as a gear in the world environment. We are part of the environment. the same way that a gear is part of a clock, so too are we as humankind part of the mechanism that makes the world go round. But we're not a hard, sharp, unpliable mechanism. We are not a mechanism that can't be molded. We're dynamic. We can change. And we can change each other by changing our minds. It's a difficult concept to think about, but imagine a intelligent gear that can change the shapes of its edges to turn the other mechanism away in which it's never been turned before. I know that sounds... A little bit interesting, but think about it like this. Think about your brain and the neurotransmitters in your brain. It's sort of a lock and key type of fit. A neurotransmitter has a certain shape that fits into a certain receptor, thus releasing a certain type of chemical. I think that's the same for humankind. We can choose which form we want to be to stimulate a certain type of receptor that will release a different type of lifestyle for us.
there's a lot of interesting work in the world of neurology. And I've recently taken a class where they spoke about the way in which neurotransmitters can change their shape in order to fit into a type of receptor that will change the way or limit the amount of chemicals that are released. I think what we've seen over the hundred years of undifferentiated words or an undifferentiated message getting to the people and then this idea of life stages, this idea of social security, the new deal where in which young people decided to take care of old people or maybe it was old people deciding the young people are going to take care of them and then this idea of gender and then this idea of multicultural differences and then this idea of different lifestyles and big data segmentation and then this explosion of or I should say this implosion of governments and the monetary system I think if you just step back and take a look at all of these things that have happened rapidly over the last 150 years that you can see the human that you can see humankind as a dynamic system fundamentally changing their form. And that means that when you change your form, the old form not necessarily dies, but it changes. And the change is necessary. It may be painful. It may be that parts of the form we have today realize they're no longer relevant. And that particular part of the form understands that it's no longer relevant and is fighting. Willing to destroy itself to keep the form that it has. That's where I see us today. There's a large segment of us. There's part of us that does not want to die. And I want to try to break that down a little bit. I hope I did a good job of explaining the dynamic form that we were in, the changes we've made, so that you can see the changes that we're going to make. Demographics, demographics, demographics. 10,000 baby boomers a day retiring. 10,000 forms with 100,000 ideas dying daily. The people sitting in positions of authority, octogenarians, people in their 70s, people in their 60s holding the levers of power holding on to ideas that are no longer relevant. Gatekeepers. Intelligent people who have lived a life worth living are not willing to allow others to live their life. Thus, they are not allowing the form to change. Desperately holding on to the idea that their form is the right way. 
because they no longer have the mental capacity to understand the future form is alien. The future form is alien to them. Where we're going, what we're doing, what we're becoming is not only alien to those in positions of authority. It is incomprehensible. They were born in a time where they cannot imagine where we're at now. The same way that you and I will come to a point where we can no longer forecast the future, nor can we imagine it. And if you can no longer forecast it, if you can no longer imagine it, then you should no longer be a person who is sitting atop of it. The people in positions of authority today, be it Jerome Powell, Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump, Republican, Democrat, Putin, Tony Blair, politicians across the world over the age of 60, bankers, those in charge of multinational corporations. These are the people that refuse to go gracefully. We have a finite amount of time on this planet. We have but a fleeting moment to live our lives. Demographics alone show that the generation of the baby boomers is larger than that of the Xers. Generation X will probably never have their own president. Generation X is the sinew between the bones of big generations. They are that which makes it flexible. Generation X is to try and tell the older generation, it's time to go. You guys are holding on, but you're holding us up. We love you, but get the fuck out of the way. Not just for us, not for the younger generation. Because you're going to destroy everything. The more difficult the older generation becomes, the more danger they're in. Holding on to all the wealth, all the property, the me generation, the baby boomers. are going to find themselves in a world of trouble with deteriorating economic pitfalls headed our way, with catastrophic moments coming soon. It is the people on top that are going to be the most in danger. I'm not an economist. I'm not someone who thoroughly understands our monetary system or our political system, but I am a successful, hardworking individual who's worked their entire life, and I realize the world's not fair. However, I've been in enough fights, been close to enough fights, to know when there's an ass-whooping coming. I know how far I can push the issue before I get punched in the face, and I can see other people, when they're about to get punched in the face, 
And I think the older generation is about to get choked out. The older they get, the more ripe they become for corruption, elder abuse. And you're going to see, it brings me no joy to say this, but I think you're going to see a wave of elder abuse like you've never seen before. The longer people in positions of authority stay there, the worse they're making it for everybody over the age of 55. The younger generation, if not allowed to take their rightful position at the throne of power, will dethrone those who are in power in a violent eruption of chaos. It seems to me right now what we're seeing in our world is an orchestrated uprising, a division. And it's being orchestrated from the people at the top with the most authority. I believe that your government is like all governments across the world. It's corrupt. It's fascist. It is a merger of corporation and state. I think it was Noam Chomsky who said all governments are fascist. It just depends to which degree they are. If you look at the democratic part of the United States, they have partnered with big tech to censor, to push agendas, to stifle conversation because they're worried about their authority. Republicans are no different. They have partnered with tons of big banking industries, tons of multinational corporations, tons of Fortune 500 companies to pass tax breaks for themselves and those they serve. In fact, the politicians in the world today are but puppets of the multinational corporations. I think it was John Dewey who said, the government is but a shadow cast upon people by business. The majority of laws and legislate, legislative bodies today are but shadows of the lobbyists who are in fact working for the corporations. How many, how many government officials, be them senators or congressmen, write bills versus the amount of bills that are handed to them by corporate lobbyists? No, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have the government that you think we have. We do not have the country that you think we have. We have a large landmass that's been divvied up to special interests. They make the rules. They've always made the rules. And what we see with globalization, at least in my mind, is the attempt to slice up the world into neat pieces and suck out the resources. The socialism people talk about is not the socialism of Marx. It's not the socialism of the Communist Party. It's the socialism of the richest people in the world. Who's more socialist than 
a large corporation. I'm so tired of hearing these think tanks. I'm so tired of hearing people on the right and left arguing about communism, socialism, and capitalism. It's all fucking bullshit. Every single corporation is a centrally planned government. That's what it is. Pick your, pick your poison. Tesla, centrally planned. UPS, centrally planned. FedEx, centrally planned. Every one of them. And what happens? The people at the top of corporations, they take all the profits for themselves. It's like 100,000 to one, some of these CEOs versus their lowest paid people. Their lowest people paid are but serfs. Some of them not even working for a living wage. Let's take the company Walmart, for example. If you go to a Walmart break room, inside that break room, you'll see literature of how to get food stamps from the government because the company doesn't pay them enough money for them to buy food in some of the places they live, while the Walton family is hands down one of the richest families in the world. That's no different than the government of a communist country. Everything the Republicans, everything the people in the Mises Institute, everything these fuckers talk about, about socialism and China or socialism and Mao and socialism and all these dictators, that's what a fucking corporation is. A corporation is a socialist dictator. And that's why they hate government. Companies hate government the same way employees hate their boss. So when you hear this idea of, hey, these guys are so, we can't let socialism come in, man. Hey, we can't let this happen. Socialism, man. It's communism, man. These are just fucking dog whistles and talking points. Because every corporation is a centrally planned socialist government. Every one of them. So if these people, even Elon Musk, I I don't know what to think about that guy. Like, I love that guy sometimes, but you're going to sit in here and fucking run your mouth about communism and socialism and get back to work. Like, you are a dictator. How can you sit here and talk about your government being a dictator when you're one? You're just jealous that you're not that one. There's a better way. It doesn't have to be a socialist way. It doesn't have to be a communism way. And it doesn't have to be a fucking dictator way. It seems to me that what we're seeing across the world is an attempt to overthrow all government, is just to shave off the shadow of government and let corporations rule everything. But that would be worse than we have now. Imagine a million dictators. How Fortune 500 would be the Fortune 500. The Fortune 500 would take the place of the country. That's what's happening around the world. That's what this attempt at building back better is. It's to get away from the regulation that is government. That would be like every employee at a corporation saying, fuck our boss, let's get away from this guy. This guy should not give us any regulations. Let us work however we want to work. And it's all connected. Here's what people don't understand, at least in my opinion. The more that corporations can break away from the government will result in the more employees can break away from the corporation. 
But the CEOs, the board of directors, they can't see fucking two feet in front of them. They're so caught up in either how much money am I making right now at this second or how much money am I going to make in a year? They don't understand that the policies they're creating are the very policies that are going to sink them. They don't want to have any boss, the CEOs, board of directors, they don't want to be regulated by anything because regulation's horrible. But they want to regulate their employees nonstop. Okay, I, th- I think it follows. Hear me out here. Here's what I'm trying to say. The corporations, the board of directors, the financial moneyed interest in the private sector are to the government the same way the individual employees are to the corporation. The same way that a large group of lobbyists would lobby the government to get rid of regulations is the same way that the Teamsters Union would go and fight for more regulations against the corporation. There is a group of people that vote for what they want. They press that vote until they get what they want. And they don't always get everything they want, but there is a negotiation involved because those are the interests that happen. And I am saying to you that What we see with the Great Reset, what we see with the World Economic Forum, the Davos crowd, the central bankers, the old money families, is in fact the corporate world, old money interests, destroying, doing their very best to get rid of this thing called government. And when they do that, they will open the door for individual employees and people around the world to destroy them. They're planting the seeds of their very destruction and they're too blind to see it. We can already see right now that the deeper the banks, insurance companies get their hooks into government, the the more bailouts that the zombie corporations get, the less effective employees are. The more freedom the company gets from government, the more they lose the ability to have employees. And I will argue that if there is a corporate takeover of governments, that you will see a revolution of employees over government or over corporate executives. And maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe it is. Governments seem to be taken over by corporations. And so I'm hopeful that employees will take over corporations. It's that which is eating itself. It is circular in nature. 
It is the rise up against the rule of law. And not, not so much man's law, but natural law. We plant the seeds of destruction in the ideas that we promote. It's all in there. Just like the great oak tree is in the acorn, so are the seeds of revolution in the hostile takeover. It's coming. And if you just take some moments to think about it, it makes sense. At least to me, it does. And it's just sometimes to me, I can't get over this idea that there's all these people screaming about how socialism and central planning doesn't work. But yet, these are the same people that privatize profits, socialize losses, and centrally plan from their executive building corner suite on Wall Street. All the CEOs, all the boards of directors are part of a central planning body. All of them reap the benefits of social inequity. And it's kind of fucking funny to think about all these people talking about how they hate socialism while they live in it. They live in it. What they should be saying, all the Republicans, and I would say 100% of the people screaming about socialism and Marxism are huge benefits of it. Because let's get it straight. How many subsidies go to people? How many corporations get tax breaks? You know who? The only people that are not, that are really living in capitalism are like people that work for a living. And the people that work under the table. As long as there's governments, and and more than that, as long as there's Fortune 500 or multinational corporations, socialism will flourish. Because that's what multinational corporations do. They suck out every resource and funnel the profits to the very top and dole out as little as possible. Every corporation is a dictator. Every single corporation is, has found a convenient way to call themselves corporate personhood but not be held accountable for any of the devastation that they do. We could turn the world around with a few strokes of a pen. No profits during times of war. No profits during times of war. Write that into the tax code. Let's see what happens. Anybody that decides to go to war must send their firstborn child or someone in their family to the front lines That's it. You vote for war, you send someone in your family to the front lines. And if they die, you send another one. You keep sending them. You vote for war, you go. Additionally, there can be no profits for corporations during times of war. That would solve all of it. Ta-da! It's not that fucking hard. It's not that hard. And like I said, I'm not that smart, so... Clearly, people have thought of this before. But I think if you just pull back the curtain, if you peel the onion one layer, 
you can see what's happening. And if you can see what's happening, it should help to at least bring a little bit of peace of mind to you. We are in a pretty difficult time. We can see a hostile takeover that is being attempted. But don't fear, because even if the hostile takeover of government happens, then the revolution is right behind it. That's what we got for today, ladies and gentlemen. I love you. I hope your day is going amazing. I thank you for taking time to spend with me and listen to these ideas. And I welcome your ideas. I'd love to talk to you. Reach out to me at G-E-O-R-G-E-P-M-O-N-T-Y at gmail.com. Let's have a conversation. That's it. Let's get up and get at them. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision and I hope you all conquer it and I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better, your life will be better and you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.